Hey everybody, it's JT. What is on your holiday meal shopping list? Well, I would suggest Painted Hills Natural Beef. It is some of the best beef in the world. And your friends and family will be thanking you for a long time if you serve Painted Hills Natural Beef for your holiday meals. And now you can buy it online just by going to PaintedHillsBeef.com. Use the code BBQNATION at checkout and save yourself 15% on your order. Give Painted Hills Natural Beef a place on your table this holiday season. It's time for Barbecue Nation with JT. So fire up your grill, light the charcoal, and get your smoker cooking. Now, from the Turn It, Don't Burn It studios in Portland, here's JT. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the nation. That's Barbecue Nation. I'm JT, along with my co-commander here leanne weapon see i cheap i moved you up the ladder a little bit there to co-commander co- yeah okay instead of co-pilot i like yeah it. uh with camaro dave commander chris coming to you from the turn it don't burn it studios here in portland we'd like to thank the folks at painted hills natural beef beef the way nature intended you can check them out online at painted hills natural beef.com well he's back our favorite guest <laughs> i <laughs> he's, a guy, he's a guy that i can sit and talk to for hours and we always have a great time together. Meathead is back today. And what we're going to talk about, or at least we'll start with, is almost St. Patrick's Day. And St. Patrick's Day is right around the corner. Um, and yes, I usually wear a green shirt or something uh, on St. Patrick's Day, but I don't believe in leprechauns. Anyway, Meathead, welcome. <laughs> it's always yes. good to be with welcome. you and Leanne. Co <laughs> commander, does that mean if he's wounded, you've got to drive the ship? Yep. No, I think I, I think I get a raise. Yeah. <laughs> she goes from t- 10 to 11 cents an hour. There you go. That's right. Um, the, the typical uh, meal that people associate with St. Patrick's Day is corned beef and cabbage. And I know, Meathead, when you've been on the show before, and we've talked a bit about, you know, corned beef or pastrami and these types of things. Can you give us to start with a brief overview of how corned beef actually comes into being because the cows don't say oh here here's my round steak yeah it's corned beef well i you know it goes back to the days before refrigeration um uh you needed a way to preserve meat um a, a steer or a hog is a lot of meat right. and you know usually slaughtering took place in the cool months you know december uh, November, and you hung the meat in the in the barn or the cellar where it was cooler and it could keep longer. And then, of course, they started um, putting salt on it, which would preserve it. Um, salt pulls moisture out of meat and bacteria need that moisture in order to grow. So salting meat was a good way to preserve it. Um, um, but uh, uh, they they used salt that was very large grain and it reminded them of corn kernels. So it was called corning the meat, hence corned beef. Um, but, you know, in Ireland, uh, speak, you know, relating to St. Patrick's Day, there wasn't much beef. Beef was expensive. It was hogs. So they were corning or preserving pork mostly. But the Irish immigrants who came to this country and settled in lower Manhattan, where most of the butchers were Jewish, they didn't eat pork. So corned beef became their staple on St. Patrick's Day. And uh, it's just sort of taken off since then. Uh, and of course, the uh, the locust, the center of uh, lower Manhattan, 
uh, corned beef today still exists. Katz's delicatessen mm-hmm. on Houston Street. It's spelled like Houston, but they call it Houston Street on um, in lower Manhattan. And it's still there. It's been there since the 1880s. Um, and they're still making corned beef and pastrami uh, the, pretty much the same way as they always did. And uh, uh, the, the, the method has evolved slightly. They've, they don't use just plain salt anymore. They use salt with a sodium nitrite additive, very small amount of sodium nitrite, but it helps. Uh, it's a preservative and it turns the meat pink. That's why hot dogs are pink and bacon is pink and corned beef is pink is because and ham because they use this pink salt, sodium nitrite in the salt. And uh, it has pretty much the same effect, only it preserves it a little better. And it changes the flavor slightly. And uh, so on St. Patrick's Day, uh, it's often celebrated with corned beef and cabbage. But um, there, there are some tricks to cooking it and getting it right. And a lot of us do it wrong. We, we take that corned beef right out of the, the uh, vacuum packed plastic bag. And there's some salt, some seasonings in there. And we just dump it in a pot. We boil it. We throw in the cabbage, the carrots and the potatoes. And, and that, that's delightful. But there are a few tricks I can share that will help you make it better. Oh, please do. Love that. (laughs) Well, first of all, it's very salty. Yeah. So um, if you can um, desalinate it somewhat, there's a couple of ways. One way is, is to take it out of that bag and put it in a bucket of cold water in the fridge and change that water every three, four hours overnight. And you'll see that water turns slightly pink. And if you were to taste it, it's very salty. You can pull some of that salt out. I mean, because if you think about it, when I eat corned beef, you know, the way it's typically cooked, I'm in the, up in the middle of the night, thirsty. You know, I'm drinking <laughs> gallons of water uh, or beer. And yeah. uh, <clears throat> so if you desalinate it a bit, it's actually much better tasting. Another way to desalinate it is, is to when you're cooking it, don't let it boil. When um, meat fibers are subjected to high heat, like boiling temperature, 212 degrees, they shrink and they squeeze out juicy juice. And yet you can actually get meat dry when you boil it um, by squeezing out the fibers. So you want to keep the temperature down, down under 200 in the 190 to 200 range or even as low as 180. Um, and, and that's a very gentle simmer. Now, it takes a long time for the meat to heat up, but it will be tenderer and more juicy if you don't boil it. The other thing is, is there's no point in putting all those spices in there. They can't get in. They just they they have no effect of any consequence on the meat. You can just chuck those. And then the third thing to do is, is time the addition of the carrots and the potatoes and the cabbage. And you want to put the carrots and the potatoes in. If you're cooking it at 180, 190, it's going to take three, four, maybe five hours, depending on how thick the meat is, to get it thoroughly cooked. You want to cook it up to about 200 degrees, whatever the water temperature is. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, uh, that takes time. So you put the carrots and the potatoes. They take a while. You can put those in fairly early, but don't put the cabbage in until the last 30 minutes or 40 minutes or so, because the cabbage just gets mushy and falls apart. So hold that cabbage till the end. So you're saying the spices don't affect uh, flavor at that point. So how do you impart flavor into your pot of goodness? It's there already. I mean, it's they they have most of the corned beef that you get has been um, uh, injected 
um, with um, seasonings and the, the salt and the sodium nitrite. So you taste it and it's in there. Um, th- these, you know, the, one of the issues that we face is that meat is about 75% water and corned beef has had more water injected into it uh, along with salt. And these spices and herbs just can't get in. I mean, this is true in almost all cases of marinating and rubs. Salt will penetrate meat. It's just two little uh, atoms, sodium and chloride, and they get electrically charged when they get wet on the surface of the meat and they can go deep. But um, all these spices, the pickling spices, uh, uh, black pepper, mustard, uh, uh, the um, uh, uh, bay leaf and stuff, the molecules are just too large to penetrate. So they inject that stuff in there. Um, I think it's, you know, they package it up in there because it looks nice. It will, you know, maybe alter the surface. But the other thing you got to think about is, is your selection of the, of the corned beef. And you guys know this better than I probably is most corned beef today is made from brisket Mm -hmm. and brisket has two muscles. We call one the flat and the other, the point. And the flat is the one that makes those beautiful, even slices. But the point has more fat, more marbling. And in between the two and on top of them is a thick layer of fat. And when you simmer that stuff, it's just yucky. It's gummy. (laughs) Nobody wants to eat that stuff. So when you get it out of the bag, trim off all the fat off the surface. And if you want, you can even separate those two muscles. If there are, you can look at it in the store. If you see that there's two muscles, you'll see a thick layer of fat. You can separate them. You can leave them together. It really doesn't matter because you're simmering them. Um, but when you're ready to serve it, you want to get all that fat off there because nobody wants to eat that. So if you're if you're uh, soaking your corned beef in cold water and you're doing that, I have. Uh, so here is a question. Um, a trick that I was taught a long time ago. Could you peel a potato and put it in there? The water. Uh, I've done that many times. If one of my, you know, a gravy, a soup, a sauce, whatever is too salty, you put a raw potato in there for a little bit and it'll soak up some of that, that salt. Would that be an effective way? We were interested in that. And actually, I, I, as, as you as you know, I work with a uh, food scientist, uh, Professor Greg Blonder of Boston University, and actually tested that. Um, and uh, I, I think he's debunked that. Um, mm-hmm. um, if you go to our website and uh, look at I, I, I think it's on our website. I, I think he's um, demonstrated that it doesn't really work that well. It, it may it may the, the potato will absorb some salt. Yes. Um, but it's not going to suck it out. No. Uh, well, if you're putting your potatoes in the pot to have with the meal. Yes. And, and what's happening things. then is that as it's simmering, the meat, which is high in salt, the water, which is salt free, the salt will migrate out of the meat into the water. Now, the potato, which is also salt free, is now simmering in salty water. And so the salt will diffuse into the potato but it's not really sucking it out of the meat per se. Mm-hmm. No, I've always used it just as it will. Like you said, it's not sucking it out, but it absorbs some of the salt yeah. in, in whatever liquid you've got it in mm-hmm. um, because the potato is very porous in, in some respects. And so um, I just didn't know if that might work. 
or are you just going to have a salty potato and throw it away anyway? Well, you I mean, we, well, the salted potatoes are nice. Um, yeah. And, and uh, have either of you ever been up to Syracuse where they're one of their uh, local dishes is salt potatoes? I've no. not had that. Uh, they're marvelous. I have the recipe for it on our website and a little bit oh, of the wow. backstory. And it's a traditional <laughs> Syracuse recipe. Well, there you go. We're going to take a break here on Barbecue Nation. Leanne and I will be back with Meathead right after this. Hey, everybody, it's JT, and this is a special version of Barbecue Nation. It is brought to you in part by Painted Hills Natural Beef, beef you can be proud to serve your family and friends. That's Painted Hills Natural Beef. Welcome back to Barbecue Nation. I'm JT, along with uh, my co-commander. How about that? Miss Leanne Whippen, and today we're talking with our friend Meathead here. A um, couple other traditional, if you will, these are from really the old country. Um, and we were talking about potatoes and cabbage. Uh, there's a dish called Colcannon, which is a mixture of potatoes and cabbage. Um, I've had that a few times in my life. I thought it was pretty good. Tell me about it. I've, I've heard of it and I have no idea what it is. Well, it's basically what you were talking about. It's It's a mixture of uh, almost like you were making a mashed potato and then towards the end you put in the cabbage and whatever you know if you're salt and pepper whatever I guess you can season it up the way it is but it's like a mash with cabbage in it and it's quite good you, you mash the cabbage too I mean if no. you simmer cabbage it gets mushy yeah well no you 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 mash potatoes they're they're pretty well, I wouldn't say you mash them they're pretty soft as they've been boiled you put the the cabbage in there and you kind of hand mash it. You don't put it up, put an emulsifier in there, a, a hand beater or anything because it will, you know, pretty much destroy the cabbage, mm. but I think they hand mash it. Uh, at least the ones I remember eating were kind of semi chunky, if you will. Mm. And it was quite good. Mm. So yeah, I'm, I have to try that. I love cabbage and I love, I, boy, I could live on potatoes alone. Um, I mean, there's never, there's no form of potato that I don't love, uh, <laughs> you know, um, uh, but, uh, you know, when you think about them, they're, they're the classic peasant foods, right. which mm -hmm. of course, you know, Ireland was famous for the terrible potato famine, uh, because potatoes grow underground. They do just fine in cold climate. And so does cabbage. Cabbage loves cold climate and they, they don't require a lot of care and you get a lot of yield from that cabbage can weigh a ton. Um, so cabbage and potatoes are uh, classic uh, Irish uh, vegetables. Well, here's one I think you could probably get into, Meathead. I know uh, the Guinness beef stew that they make. It's quite good. It's a regular beef stew. It's rather thick, uh, but it's got some, uh, you know, dark Guinness in it. So uh, you might want to look at that. Try that at home. Well, there's there's an Irish restaurant near me. Actually, it's two blocks from me. And I love the food there. I mean, they, 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 Irish breakfast, which is yep. sausages and uh, sunny side eggs and uh, uh, shepherd's pie. Mm -hmm. uh, what 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 great foods those are and uh, hearty foods for cold days. It, it's cold where I live in the Chicago area in, in, in March. So they're perfect. No, that that's good. And of course, you got to have sliced tomatoes and and beans and stuff there too on some of those uh breakfasts 
you know, that I've noticed in my travels. Anyway, so for our listeners, we talked about, you know, cooking corned beef. It's kind of like pot roast and liquid in a way. Yeah. I saw a comparison on that. Somebody wrote some stuff last night I was reading on the web and, and it's like that. But we wouldn't think about really salting a, a piece of pot roast that way, would we? Well, it's injected. I mean, uh, I, I, I think, you know, I mean, yeah, it is. It's kind of a pot roast. Yeah. I mean, yeah. it doesn't have all the when you do a pot roast, it's it, it's a classic braise. You have a rich sauce around. Usually there's wine in there. Um, uh, so, it, you know, here you're just simmering in water. But there's a great deal of similarity, I think. Sure. Why not? Now, what I about think, um, go ahead. No, uh, you go. I, I was totally on a different tangent here. But um, what about smoking corn? Well, that that's the other thing is if you want to. <laughs> I've done that before and it's good. Oh, yeah. If you want to desal- desalinate your corned beef, soak it in water overnight and then just grill it mm-hmm. um, or smoke it. Now, if you're going to smoke it, use the classic pastrami rub, because that's what pastrami is. Pastrami is smoked corned beef with a special rub. And I have been to Katz's Delicatessen many times, <laughs> and I've even ordered their pastrami via email, which you can do. And I have replicated their rub pretty darn close. And the recipes on AmazingRibs.com, my website. And um, if you'll take corned beef, desalinate it a bit, and then um, uh, put this rub all over it, and then smoke it. And keep the temp low so you don't shrink it all up. Um, and uh, uh, you do it just like you would a brisket. You smoke it up to about 155, 170, in the range where that color gets really nice and dark and brown, mahogany. Wrap it in foil or butcher paper so it, it, it it's nice and tight, and then Take it all the way up to 200 to 205. And when it comes out, it's wubba, wubba, wubba. It jiggles. <laughs> and uh, um, and it is just spectacular. And you have pastrami. Now, your classic Reuben sandwich is usually made with corned beef. But I'm here to tell you, if you make it with pastrami, you've taken it up a notch. Um, and, and that is you get yourself a rye bread or a marble rye. You make yourself a Thousand Island type dressing, which is usually just ketchup and uh, um, uh, mayonnaise and uh, the pickle relish. I use a barbecue sauce, red barbecue sauce instead of ketchup and uh, and then uh, some uh, uh, sauerkraut and get the sauerkraut that's in the refrigerator uh, section of the grocery, not the stuff in the can. The stuff in the can is kind of mushy. Get the stuff that's refrigerated and it's crunchy. And squeeze out all that juice, get get because you don't want all that wet stuff on your sandwich, and then um, uh, put a, put a couple of slices of um, Swiss cheese, put it under the broiler to melt that Swiss cheese, and then slap the other slice of bread on top. And oh, I think that's the world's best sandwich. Okay, you guys finish the show. My kitchen's right here. I'm gonna go. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say I'm starving to death now. Well, the, the, I like the, some good mustard on there too. Yeah. Oh, I forgot the mustard. How could I forget the brown mustard? Thank you, Leanne. Yeah, you got to have a good brown mustard on there. Hey, listen, you know, corned beef goes on sale any day now. I mean, it, right. In the first few weeks coming up to St. Patrick's Day. Grocery stores use it as a loss leader. They're trying to get you in there to buy all the bread and the mustard and everything else. So 
um, it's going to be on sale and it freezes. So just go down there and load up on corned beef. You can freeze it or bring it home, desalinate it, rub it, smoke it, make pastrami and then freeze it. Um, and you're good to go for the rest of the year. Cause like I was playing with some recently, I was just felt like I needed some, some, some pastrami and the stuff like last month, the stuff was really expensive. So load up on it when it's on sale. All right. We're going to take a break here on barbecue nation where you've got a new term to work with. Whoa, 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 whoa. And we'll be, <laughs> and we'll be right back after this. <laughs> If you're enjoying GT and his show, come check out my podcast, Around the House with Eric G, where we talk home improvement and design right here where you catch this podcast. Head to AroundTheHouseOnline.com. Hey, welcome back to Barbecue Nation. I'm JT along with Leanne Whippen and Meathead Goldwyn today from AmazingRibs.com. I'd like to thank the folks at Painted Hills Natural Beef. Beef like your grandpa used to raise. If your grandpa actually raised beef, he probably did it like these guys. <laughs> and also Gunter Wilhelm knives. Um, great balance, great efficiency in the kitchen for a great price. Check them out online at GunterWilhelm.com. Also, real quick, uh, you can check out our website, which is BarbecueNationJT.com. And that'll lead you to all the shows that we're up there. And we're getting close to launching our video channel. Um pretty soon here that's why we've been recording all these things i'm gonna have to start combing my hair yeah well you get crazy on that anyway we're talking with meathead it's saint patrick's day coming up one of the things my mom used to do for both valentine's day and saint patrick's day valentine's day they were red pancakes and (laughs) saint patrick's day they were green pancakes really yeah (laughs) and they were ghastly uh they uh, my dad wouldn't eat them my mom always thought it was funny, and they just taste like a regular pancake food coloring. Of course, right. taste. But he That's wouldn't. Cool. He wouldn't eat them, but she would make them. And on Valentine's, she'd even try to make them in a heart, you know. Mm-hmm. And she always cooked this. Look, when growing up, we didn't have stainless steel or Teflon. We had cast iron skillets. That's yeah. what I grew up with. So yeah. all those pancakes, maybe a little more crusty than on the non-stick surfaces, but that's what I grew up with was that. And so. I, I put up with that till I was about uh, probably till I went off to college. And when I came back, I was kind of out of the deal. But when my daughter was growing up, I made her some pancakes. You know, pancakes. you just reminded me, I, I have made um, pancakes with chocolate chips in them. Yeah. For Valentine's. And I haven't done that in years and I blew it this year. I need to make my Valentine some chocolate chip pancakes. Yes, you next do. Year. And put a diamond bracelet in the middle. Of it. Yeah. <laughs> We, we know how that works. I'm on um, the same pay scale as you guys. A <laughs> <laughs> couple other things, you know, you were talking about uh, uh, when they came, when the Irish came to New York. And then, of course, they spread out across the country from there. That's how I got here. Partly part of my family is um, they also did a lot of lamb up in Ireland. And so uh, some of their shepherd's pie, that type of thing. Um, started with lamb and then you know they could do pork also and then when they got to this country they could do beef and all that it's it's 
it's kind of interesting because some people will do a rack of lamb and stuff for St. Patrick's Day. Those that really? are sober enough to stand up in the kitchen. <laughs> so <clears throat> um, my two great culinary experts on my show here, give us our listeners the thoughts about doing a rack of lamb for St. Patty's Day. Well, I'll let Leanne talk about how she does it, but I want to put an editorial comment in. And that is, I know there are a lot of people out there listening right now and say, oh, I hate lamb. But that's because you've never had it cooked right. Right. Um, you've had sheep, not lamb. And there's a difference. And you've had it overcooked or boiled or gray meat. And Leanne is going to talk to us about how she cooks a rack of lamb or loin chops, uh, which are just spectacular. If you love beef, you really need to try cooking lamb properly. I know if you placed me equidistance between a rack of lamb and a beef ribeye, I would die of starvation trying to decide which one to eat first. <laughs> I agree. It's one of my favorite cuts of meat. And uh, case in point, I've, I, I do actually lamb chops for a lot of demos and and people say, I just don't eat lamb and they try it. And they're like, you just changed my world, you know, because, mm. you know, you cook it mid rare and that's the way you should eat it. Otherwise, it just does not taste good. But I mean, I, I do rack of lamb in, in a variety of ways. But one thing I think people make the mistake is they cut them into single chops or buy them single versus double. So you're more apt to overcook the chop on a grill um, if it's a single chop. So I like to go double so you get, you know more a thickness of meat. Um, I mean, I like lamb all different ways. I'll, I'll put like uh, a Dijon mustard and, and, you know, garlic, parsley, breadcrumbs and, and, you know, pat it on top of a full rack and throw it in a hot oven. And it's done in like, you know, 15 minutes tops. Mm -hmm. So I like it, you know, a different, uh, you know, a whole bunch of different ways, but, uh, I don't think of it for St. Patty's Day, but now I have an excuse. <laughs> <laughs> we should explain that a rack of lamb is the exact same cut of meat as a ribeye um, primal uh, right. from a steak. It's the um, rib bones from along the back with the muscle right below it, which is called the longissimus dorsi. But it's the exact same thing as a ribeye. And it's just a lamb being a smaller animal. There are eight bones. And um, uh, what do you think? Leanne, two pounds maybe is what it weighs. I would say like a pound and three quarters. I mean, it, yeah. they're small. They're small. Yeah. And, That's and, why and it's it, usually like one rack for two people. Right. One, exactly. One for me. <laughs> yeah. And just like she said, you can cook the whole rack intact and, and give it a nice rub all around. I love the classic mustard and breadcrumb and garlic that uh, rosemary is classic right. with lamb cook it to medium rare which is 130 to 135 or at the most 140 which is medium pink um but the other thing she hit on that which is which is brilliant and it's my favorite way to do it is you get the rack and there's eight bones you cut it into four pieces two bones wide so now you've got a double thick and they're about an inch and a half maybe two mm -hmm. inches thick now you're talking about a, a nice thick cut of meat that you can sear well on the outside without overcooking the interior. And sometimes I'll break off one of the bones. So it's like a lollipop. And that that's kind of fun. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you can pick it up. It's a, it's like three bites, you know? Yeah. 
I, I take yeah. it you didn't watch sherry and lamb chop when you were a kid. <laughs> yes, I did. <laughs> uh, oh, that, that you better explain that because that uh, went right over the head of 90% of your audience. Well, <laughs> because Meathead and I are over 12, um, there used to be a puppet, uh, a morning show for kids, and they, they ran it at different times around the country. But it was, uh, I can't remember Sherry's last name right now, but and she had this little hand puppet called Lamb Chop. And she used to do this thing like, well, like, Lamb Chop, what do you think? Well, you think it's very good. You know, okay, well, you know, are it we going to like it? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Are we going to go to Amazing Ribs? Yeah, let's go get a recipe for Lamb Chop. And um, <laughs> that's it. That's it, it was <laughs> a great show. It was a fun show. Uh, it was pretty neutral as far as everything they worry about on television today. It was just, and we watched it. We watched it. We watched that and Captain Kangaroo. So there you go. Um, by the way, did you know he was a war hero? No. Mm-mm. Yeah. Yeah. He was a uh, war hero. I think he served in the Pacific and uh, Captain Kangaroo was, he wasn't a medal of honor winner, but like a silver star, a bronze star. How winner. about that? No, yeah, I did he, not. He was a sergeant in the. Maybe that's why they call him captain. Yeah. But he was a sergeant okay. in the Marine Corps, I believe. Anyway, I digress. Um, one of the things that you see, oh, by the way, I had on my list here to talk about scones. Uh, they have regular scones, and then the Irish also make a potato scone. Uh, probably just like they make potato bread dough, but they make a scone out of it. So those are some fun things that if, if people want to experiment, I think this St. Patrick's Day. Um, well, there's Irish soda bread. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Which is, is kind of yellowish and doesn't have caraway in it. Uh, I think you can get it with caraway. I don't know. Yeah. yeah. I, I, I don't know my way around baking very well, frankly. Uh, I have fear of flour. Um, <laughs> <laughs> my wife is a baker. In fact, she baked two loaves of bread yesterday. Oh, my goodness. Uh, wow, so, you're spoiled. Yeah. Well, and then the, the after effect, not the hangovers, but the after effect of St. Patty's Day. One of the things that I like to when we actually do when we had more people, we're kind of empty nesters now. Um, but we would do a St. Patty's Day party and dinner and stuff. I would make corned beef hash. The next oh, day. yes. I mean, the corned beef hash for breakfast. Well, I'd eat it anytime. But uh, the leftover corned beef. Yeah. You just well, how do you do up. it? What's your recipe? Um, it just dice kind of, you know, shred it, dice it up. However, whatever was left kind of determined the amount I was cooking, obviously. And I buy some, uh, you know, pre-made hash browns, let them thaw. And I just put some seasonings in it, a little oil, put it in the skillet. And that's how I made it. It was very simple. A little more garlic and a few things like that. Because I, I, I do I do it on the grill. I do it with yeah. uh, my cast iron, which with bacon fat. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. Chop up the hash browns. And um, <laughs> you, you just, you just <laughs> zoom, <laughs> zoomed in. The camera just is, that, crazy is that what happens after you eat? <laughs> <laughs> My camera just went nuts. Yeah. It says, my camera just said, tell me more. <laughs> uh, no, it's really easy to make. We always had bacon fat in the house growing up. My mom saved, I think, every uh, every drop of it. And that's what we used. We didn't, I think she bought one bottle of vegetable oil a year. And that was primarily for baking. The If anything needed, as she would call it, grease in the pan, out came the the tub of bacon grease, and that's what we used. And it's quite good. 
Can you fried still eggs hear me? on top? I like fried eggs. Yeah, on there top. you got to crack an egg on top. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Oh, you yeah. got to crack an egg, and then you, that, that that's one of the reasons I do it on the grill because you, you you grease the pan, you chop up the corned beef, you chop up some um, dice up some uh, potatoes, and mix them up and uh, warm them up in the pan. Then you crack an egg on top and close the lid of the grill, yep. so the egg will cook. Yeah, mm-hmm. perfect. Yeah. So, Very what's sure. tradition as far as desserts for? St. Patty's Day. Guinness. Guinness. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I just never heard of anyone like, is there a certain go to no, dessert? Trying to think. I can't um, think of scones. One. <laughs> In Ireland, they get a lot of scones. They probably have cakes and stuff too, but they get a lot of, of, of scones. So, huh. you know, that's kind of a UK overall deal is scones. So, I, I guess I I'm trying to think of what's a traditional Irish. Maybe a bread pudding or something. Oh, I now you're, I bet you yeah, that's maybe, maybe. All right, we got to take a, bread. Mm-hmm. We got to take a another break. We'll be back with uh, Wooby Dooby Doo and Leanne and myself right after this. Don't go away. Hey everybody, it's JT, and this is a special version of Barbecue Nation. It is brought to you in part by Painted Hills Natural Beef. Beef you can be proud to serve your family and friends. That's Painted Hills Natural Beef. Welcome back to the nation. That's Barbecue Nation on the USA Radio Networks. I thank you for being with us today. Miss um, Whippin and myself are talking with Meathead Goldwyn from Amazing Ribs. I almost said Amazing Desserts because I have a note here on my on my run sheet that says dessert. Um, before we go much further in this, you have an announcement about Meetup in Memphis. Oh yeah, we you know we've been promoting this for years you know it was originally scheduled for june 2020 right and you know what happened there right and then we pushed it back to august 2021 and you know what happened there and then we pushed it back to march 22 and uh, just as final payments were due we had 400 people booked it was sold out Uh, final payments were due in december here comes omicron and uh, we've had to cancel it again. And we're just not rescheduling it uh, until there's no viruses left in the world. There you um, go. It's just, you know, been That's so- That's too bad. So- I'm sorry to hear that because it, it really, uh, it, it was an incredible event you had lined up, but- um- Yeah. And the idea was, is to have a get together for backyard cooks, you know, not just right. the, 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 the commercial, the restaurants and the competition guys, National Barbecue Association does that wonderfully. We wanted to have one for all of us backyard folks and uh, it was sold out. It was all ready to go. And uh, we've had to cancel it three times. I'm ready to hang myself. No, don't Mm -hmm. do that. Don't do that. And quite frankly, I wouldn't call you a backyard cook. I'm just. Oh, I am. Just throw that out. I'm absolutely. I'm your quintessential backyard cook. I mean, I've started, I, 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 I've never competed. Um, my daddy did own a restaurant at one time, but I haven't. Um, uh, that's Leanne's specialty. Right. <laughs> um, uh, you know, the old joke, I'm sure, Leanne, about how to start, how to make a small fortune in the restaurant business. Start with a big one. 
That was big fortune. Yeah. Open the restaurant. <laughs> yeah. That, we used to say that in the horse business, too. You want to know how to make yeah. a million in the horse business? Start with two. You oh, know, geez. type thing like that. Yeah. No, I'm I'm your, just your classic backyard guy. I've just I've taken my hobby and made a living out of it, uh, which is which is a great story. But uh, oh, well, it's all good. OK, I saw where you have a new uh, article on Amazing Ribs. We're going to venture away from St. Patrick's Day, but we'll come back uh, to that in after hours about stainless steel grills. You say all stainless steel is. Not the same. They're not equal. And, right. uh, and I don't. It's, there's not an article that I wrote. It's an article that Max Good wrote. Max right. is Max is the, the world's only full time grill and smoker tester, and he works for us. And that's his job: is he tests new grills and smokers, and um, uh, get you know kicks tires on them, cooks with them, uh, takes them apart, puts them together, and he writes detailed reviews and videos. Uh, so if you're shopping for a grill and here we are, it's just, you know, spring is around the corner. Right. Probably time to get rid of that old rust bucket and get a new one. Go to AmazingRibs.com and look at Max's reviews. Um, you can look up everything from pellet grills to charcoal grills to gas grills. And he has written about the different kinds of stainless steel. Um, there's 304 and 403. And I got to tell you, I forget now which is which. Um, uh, but isn't it uh, the gauge? It's just basically the gauge. It's not the elements of the stainless, right? No, it's both. There are there are the gauge being the thickness. There are different thicknesses, but there are compositions. Stainless steel is not just pure steel. It's got other compounds mixed in, and and one of them is magnetic, and one is not. And doggone it, I wish I I wish I'd known we we're going to talk about it because I would have looked that up. But it, one of them you can actually stick a magnet to, and the other you can't, uh, because we we all, we sell a, um, a a refrigerator magnet with uh, eighty temperatures on it, right. and it won't stick to the best quality stainless steel, um, and that's what a lot of the refrigerators are made out of. I think that's three hundred four or is it four hundred? I forget. But go to amazingribs.com. You can look up the different kinds of stainless steel and learn more about the different gauges and the grades of stainless steel. And, and, and we'll, some of them will never um, oxidize and pit, and some of them will. But I'm not a real fan of stainless. Um, you get obsessive about making it shine, you know? And uh, I, I like just good old fashioned powder coated steel or cast aluminum. Uh, they're easy to maintain. I don't have to polish them in between cooks. And uh, uh, they're usually a little thicker and heavier. Well, that's why they made rattle cans of paint and duct tape to fix those things. You know? <laughs> it, it does that. Um, we've had Max on the show several times over the last few years. Always. Uh, always full of great information good time to get him back as people are starting to shop for new grills Absolutely. And yeah because mm -hmm. there's there's all kinds of new technologies um particularly in the pellet arena now there are just so many new things going on with uh, uh digital controllers and they speak wi-fi and bluetooth and uh uh apps that run your your, your grill i think we're moving into an era, and I've been calling for this, and Max has too for years. Um, you know, 
my oven indoors is really easy to run. If I want to bake something or roast something, I can set the temperature for 350 and it'll go up to around 350. The way it works, it goes up to like 375, drops down to 325. The heater kicks on, goes up to 375. The heater kicks off, drops down. But it averages 350. Right. It, It doesn't stick at one temperature. These pellet smokers actually have a smaller sinusoidal wave. They don't vary as much. And they're awesome. And some, why can't a gas grill do this? About 10 years ago, the thermostat on my GE oven crapped out and um, I had to replace it. And I went online, I found a replacement part for like 40 bucks. And it took me about a half hour to repair it and fix it. And my oven runs. Why can't that $40 thermostat go on my gas grill? Why can't I set my gas grill for 350, walk away and know it's going to hold around 350? Now, these pellet grills, pellet smokers are doing that beautifully. And I think we're going to see more and more of that coming around. Yeah, we're, we're running out of time here, so I got to mm. cut this off, but we will pick this up in after hours. And that's where um, Meathead promises to dance the Watusi also. So Meathead <laughs> from AmazingRibs.com, go to that website. If you're not a uh, pit master, look at that. He's putting his hands over it so we can't see him dance. <laughs> uh, <laughs> trying to get the damn thing to work. <laughs> I would recommend that people join the, uh, the pit master club there too. So um, stick around, my friend. And Leanne, uh, you will be here again. I'm assuming next week. Yes. Okay. Uh, we'll be back. Uh, thanks for listening. And uh, Will Homer's coming up next week. So everybody have a good one. And remember our motto, turn it, don't burn it. Thank you. Bye-bye. Barbecue Nation is produced by JTSD LLC Productions in association with Envision Networks and Salem Media Group. All rights reserved.